Hey listeners, I'm Eric Taylor, and this is The Hair Game. LA Hair Week is over, things are settling back to a normal pace, lookbook happened in Hollywood, tons of education and fun. If you were there and I missed you, I apologize, it was pretty hectic. I'm glad that those of you that I did see were having a blast, and I always love seeing you guys. Also last week, Maddie Conrad and I took the winner of his podcast episode, Brenton Butler of Brenton's Barbershop, out to dinner and drinks after his jam-packed class of 35 at Salon Republic in Hollywood. They wanted to do pizza and beer, so that's what we did, and it was great to see two people come together and share knowledge and develop a bond. Maddie was even making plans to see Brenton's Barbershop in Ojai, which was super cool. This is what it's all about for me, connecting people, trying to make things better, one little step at a time. These Podloot giveaways, guys, are not a gimmick. They're absolutely real. Every time somebody wins, their reaction is always, wait, what, me? I never thought in a million years I'd win anything. I hear that every time. The reviews you leave help other hairdressers find us and improve the entire community by learning from our guests who share their knowledge. Then every time somebody wins, we give you something that helps you be a better you. Whether it's a tool for your business like an iWatch or a ring light for your salon or straight cash. I see it as a big positive feedback loop and I want each of you to be a part of it. The better we all get together, the more positively the general public will view us and the more people will be encouraged to go to the salon to get services done. This is our collective goal. Okay, that's my rant for the day. Let's get to this week's Podloot giveaway. This is a GHD Gold Professional 1-inch Styler Flat Iron. It's sitting on my desk. It's beautiful, brand new in the box, and maybe I'll include a love note with it. All right, the winner is... Crystal Rose Stylist. Crystal with a K. Crystal Rose Stylist, DM me at LoverTaylor on Instagram and send me your mailing address and I'll send it ASAP. I'll tell you what we'll give away next week on the pod loot at the end of this episode. Now to one of my favorite people, Allison Alhamid of Modern Salon. All right, so tell us about yourself. Okay. Where are you from? Uh huh. And how did you find your way to hair in general? Okay. Um, so I was born in Solon, Ohio, which is like Matrixville. That's where Matrix was founded. Um, And so my mom went to beauty school and she got her license and she never did anything with it ever. But her best friend from beauty school, Vicky, did my hair, my grandma's hair, my whole family's hair. And then she ended up working with Matrix later on in life and still works with them. So like Matrix is like big roots in the city I'm from. Um, We lived there for... I don't know, when I, I moved when I was like seven to Cupertino, California okay. for a couple years. And then we landed in the Chicago area since I was 10. So that's home for me. I have two sisters um, and now I'm married with two kids of my own, two boys. Cute. Yes. Um, I've worked with Modern Salon for 11 years and mm-hmm. the job has changed dramatically since I started, but it gets cooler and cooler every day. And I really feel like I ended up with my tribe. They're the right people doing the right things, and it just feels really good every day. Well, that's nice. I yeah. love that. It's nice to find yourself in a good position. <laughs> yeah. So how good. did you get into uh, Modern Salon? How did you get into, did you get into hair first, or did you get into Modern Salon first? So I wanted to go to beauty school when I was in high school. I always thought I would end up doing hair. And I was really into the music scene, and like all my friends had, including myself, blue hair, purple hair, yellow hair, way before it was cool or acceptable to have that. I had my tongue pierced. I was going to like Slayer concerts. Very different. Come on, Allison really? Allison Alhamid. Yeah. Because you look so girl next door. Do I? Like, yes. I have like, look at my ears. I don't Super. know if you can see, but I have oh, 22 yes. piercings multiple in my ears. Piercings. You'll never see earrings. For all there. the listeners, there are yes. multiple piercings. Yeah, I had my eyebrow, my tongue, like not a good look. <laughs> but, um, Anyway, no one looked good in high school, but I hung out with all like the, you know, metalheads, and so we all colored our hair all the time, and I was the one that did everybody's hair in my mom's bathroom with Manic Panic long before that was a cool thing. And um, my dad is like very education, go to four-year college, then we'll talk beauty school. So I ended up in journalism, because I love to write, I love to storytell, um, and I graduated with my bachelor's in journalism from Columbia College Chicago. And I interned at a lot of cool places. One of them was Consumer's Digest magazine, which was all like 
reviews on products, but not like shampoo. It was like garage door openers, pencil sharpeners, very uncool things. But my editor at the time uh, left to go work for Modern, and then she was like, hey, I th hey, so I think you might like what I'm doing. Do you want to come hang out? And so it ended up being the perfect fit. And wow. uh, so I was at Modern for about a year and a half. Like I loved what I was doing and who I was doing it with. And um, I knew that I had to go to beauty school still. Like I, so I went at night. So after about a and, year and a half. And you knew that because you had a passion for it, because you thought you might want to do hair, or because you thought it would add to... All of these things, but also, honestly, my confidence level. It was kind of challenging. Like, at the time, there was no young editors in beauty. Now everybody's young with an iPhone, but at the time it was like really seasoned editors with total industry expertise. And I, you know, was who, who was I to sit at a table with a CEO and talk color? Like, I didn't know anything about that. I knew my manic panic experiences, but that's about as far as it went. Um, so I needed to earn my seat at the table and you can't do that without experience. So I went and all of a sudden, like it, it raised Modern Salon's level of education. You know when you're leaving your house and you wanna go drive somewhere 45 minutes away, in your iPhone or your maps, it'll tell you all the steps, like turn left out of your driveway, turn right out of your street. And you're like, I wish I could just skip the first 15 steps. Me going to beauty school kind of allowed modern to like skip those first 15 steps in like our step-by-step -step education. And so it's kind of crazy to think like of an industry publication without licensed stylists on staff. And so it helped up our level at the same time uh, social media was really launching. So mm -hmm. I, I launched our Instagram page and all of a sudden I was like traveling the country and like the world and meeting cool people and obviously like as you look around a beauty show like this, editors are a lot younger now than they used to be because media has changed so much. Mm -hmm. The most important thing for me is I feel like I earned my my, my, my street cred a little bit. Absolutely. <laughs> Were you the only licensed hairdresser on the staff? Yeah, so we had like, we have like an editorial board and like freelancers and people we work with. If we're doing like a big formula roundup, we would have um, licensed people review it and help create it. And we really rely on the brands to give us accurate formulations and processing time and like real step-by-steps. Because in all of our editorial, it's always like the hairdresser's voice. So we quote them. We're storytellers, right. they're the experts and we're pulling the stories out of them. Um, but now we're able to approach things in a different way. If a product's launching, I can ask a different level of question. Like, well, if I put it under heat, does it do this? Or mm -hmm. what happens if you mix it with this kind of relaxer? Is that like a safe, you know? Right. So it's really kind of changed for us. Right. That's super fascinating. So let's talk about kind of your progression to editor-in-chief, which is your role now. 11 years. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about the steps. Sure. Um, so I started as assistant editor. And that kind of means you're like the lowest man on the totem pole, which means you're posting press releases and kind of the grunt work, like maybe taking something that ran in the magazine and then posting it online after it's all said and done. But that, that lasted very briefly. They saw that I was all in and I started traveling to all the trade shows. And um, was anyway, that hard or fun? Beyond fun. Oh my God, beyond because fun. Because you were like... Eating it up. Yeah, Kid in a candy young. shop. Oh yeah, yeah. beyond. Still young. Yeah, I, well, you're kidding. extremely young, <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking you were a baby. Yeah, so I was you were like 22. 12. 22, I was 22. Okay. So I I loved it so much, and I, I think it. everybody was kind of, you know, there was a lot of more seasoned editors, and they're still with us. That's what's really cool is we have this nice, beautiful mix of young and, and more veteran, and that's pretty cool. So... Assistant editor, senior editor, um, and then executive editor, then executive editor of social media and video. We mm -hmm. like just kept making things up, <laughs> um, and then editor, and then editor in chief. So uh -huh. uh, there was two years where there were we, our previous editor in chief had left, um, and they were like, "Well, we can't bring in somebody new, and Allison's not quite ready." So mm -hmm. they gave me like two years to kind of really learn on the job, and they kind of groomed me for the role and. It's been great. So what did that feel like? I mean, it sounds like you were on the fast track. Yeah. And did you have the confidence to make these steps? I wouldn't had I not gone to beauty school. Going to beauty school changed everything for me. 
editorial was changing so much in a way that I was helped shape. Like I was shaping the way editorial was changing in that it was no longer a step-by-step -step photo shoot in a magazine. It was also, let's do a live stream when this is happening. Let's get some great pictures for, you know, Snapchat at the time or like mm -hmm. whatever it was. Mm -hmm. um, we were doing this, this program called Modern Salon TV, which was like, way ahead of its time five years ago and I used to go around to different booths at trade shows and interview people and we would mm -hmm. edit them down into these every other week episodes um, of like five different segments into like an episode and it was so cool and so fun um, but there was a lot of pressure because our reach on social outgrew our circulation of the magazine so our biggest audience was no longer print it was digital right. and so all eyes were on me and it was awesome. I used to go to trade shows and speak about social media before anybody was. Wow. And so my age worked for me sure. rather than against me. But I had felt like for the first five years of my job, it was not that way. Right. I think it's because of beauty school, like giving me the confidence and like knowing how hard a hairdresser's job is. Like I meet people all the time to see a, hair, a hairdresser here in her 30s, think about what it takes for her to be here. She probably has childcare that she's got to figure out. She probably has a full book of clients that she's like rearranging or making it work. There's so much that comes with, with this job, especially if you want to be good at it. And I never, I don't know if I would have understood that in that way had I not actually have friends in the business. Right. Like all of a sudden I got this whole pool of sources from my, my school that I could go to for questions. Like if I wanted to write an article on the platinum card, for example, I could go to them and they could like help me out and I was sourcing them, so. They were probably stoked. Stoked, They're like, beyond. wow, like, we stoked. have this very power powerful friend now, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like changing the world of beauty and she was just in beauty school. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, very crazy. But I always, from the beginning, wanted to be accessible. I wanted people to feel like they had a connection to the brand and like a human behind the brand. Um, and so that's been really great, is that it never changed. We have a new team, even though the, those, those veteran editors are still there, we do have a new team and like everyone's sort of adopted the same mentality where their personal Instagrams become like their professional Instagram too. So they're constantly in touch with artists all the time over DM and it's about that access to a brand that's pretty cool. Yeah, super cool. So what do you spend most of your time doing at Modern? What I spend most of my time doing right now is storytelling, whether it's for an artist, for a brand, for a product, for an event, for a campaign, it's storytelling. So like right now, everything that this industry is focusing on is like so hardcore social media. But once it's off a news feed, it needs to have some staying power, like these stories. So anyway, there was this like amazing screenshot worthy hair and I was constantly like screenshotting, but it's in Russian. So anyway, if you expand the hashtags, I kept seeing like Russian, 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 and then hashtag air touch. What is air touch? Do you know what air touch is? I can't wait to tell you about it. You, do, you will I, when I, I explain I, it to you. Okay. Okay, so I um, start exploring AirTouch and what is this hashtag, what is this technique, and I find one artist whose hashtags are not in Russian, they're in English, using AirTouch, and I contacted him, his name's Danilo, and I was like, Danilo, what is AirTouch? And he's like, oh, it's this amazing balayage technique by this guy in Russia named Vladimir Sharbyshev, and he's like, you gotta talk to him, he's amazing, he's so huge in Russia and no one in America knows about him. So I'm Googling, 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 I can't find anything in English. So I DM him, he teaches me the technique, this Vladimir, and um, Danilo, who's, literally right down the road from the Modern Sun offices. I couldn't believe it. I feature, he sends me this video, I feature it on social, and it, it's my most read, most Modern Salon's most read article ever wow. of all time because- Most read on digital, on yeah, your website. on digital. This, this technique is amazing. So basically, it's balayaging, you take a section, you hit it with a blow dryer and all like the internal layering falls out, you hand paint it, and then it makes your retouching like exponentially easier because you're not backcombing. It looks really cool, it's unbelievable. And wow. um, anyway, so the way it works now is it used to be that if something was amazing in the magazine, then it would end up online. Now everything's like, okay, it started on social, yeah. found its way to modernsalon.com, then it goes to the magazine if it's really good. Yeah. So the magazine is way more curated, okay. a lot less news, like you'll see the news on the website, because product news does matter. Um, but there's this emotional staying power with print, so we try to only feature content in the magazine that really got a lot of love online, too. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I spend a lot of my time storytelling. So 
uh, on the day-to-day, what time are you in the office? How, are you, do you live far away from the office? I live very close. So there's just a lot of traffic. I oh. mean, we're in suburban Chicago, so there's like a lot of schools okay. and like school buses and like school traffic. Yeah. Um, so I try to leave my, I'm trying to be in the office between 8, 30 and 9. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then I what leave time by, do you get home? I'm home by 5.30. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> that, not when I'm done working, but that's of when course. I'm done like being physically in the office. Right. And then you're with the kiddos, right? Kids. Yeah. So we do dinner time, bath time, tantrum time, <laughs> screaming time, wine time, and then bedtime. <laughs> My little guy goes to bed right away. And Cute. then my oldest kid, it's like 45 minutes of song and dance, the whole shebang, and it's crazy. Like he knows, he keeps wanting new songs. And if I was like, sing a song for me, you'd run out of songs real quick. Yeah. And every night he wants a new song. So I like have to go back to my metalhead days. That's so and he cute. Well, he also knows like every word to Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Like I change all the words so that they're not like, mama just killed a man. It's like mama just did a thing. I do the same yeah, thing. He knows yeah. all sublime. Like okay. he knows a lot of that. Uh, he knows, oh my God, the other day I couldn't think of anything new and I started singing what If God Was One of Us by Joan Osborne. Do you okay. remember that song? I don't think so. What if God was one, one of, of us? us. Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> no idea where the hell I pulled that from, but I knew every word. So, yeah, he's well-versed in his That's music. so funny. <laughs> and so your husband, and he's, uh, he's, he's very supportive. Stay yeah, home dad. Stay Got home dad. it. That yeah. makes it great. Yeah. All right, so Modern recently hit a million followers on Instagram. Yes. Talk about how you guys approach Instagram. Do you have meetings? Do you Are you very intentional about it and strategic or, or what? So when I started our page, I launched it because I was going to Fashion Week for the first time and I was like so excited, but I didn't feel like the content belonged on Facebook and I didn't feel like, you know, it used to be like Facebook albums is what you would make and then like galleries on the website. So I launched our Instagram page thinking it would be cool um, to do like behind the scenes. Modern's role at Fashion Week is not front of house, it's backstage. And so like there's a lot of really cool storytelling you can do. Um, so I launched it, took a bunch of pictures and all that, but then I go back to my office in suburban Chicago and I'm not like in the field. Um, so we started really looking at how we can start featuring other content creators work on our page. Maggie Mulhern is our East Coast editor and she's based in the coolest area where the cool stuff is happening. So she's like New York Fashion Week to me is like, ah, to her it's another Wednesday. Right. And so she does all our photo shoots. She's like constantly at events and all that. So she, I was like- She's based in New York City? Based in New York. And I was like, Maggie, I need your help here. I need, like it had been a year and a half or so that I'd been doing Instagram solo, Facebook solo, a lot of things solo. And I'm like, I need your help. You have the best job for this. And so she started contributing. So so we started sharing days um, and then as new people joined our team they started to like join us on Instagram and so like event coverage like we all do different things um, but really kind of fast we decided that the work that's getting the best um, results is the artists work that we were featuring slow so we, slowly but surely we started becoming kind of like a feature page and featuring work from artists uh, seeing what works what didn't work and I don't know has it been like nine years since Instagram was kind of well I think uh, 2012 is kind of like when it really started okay. but then it really picked up you know 14 yeah. okay 2014 so eight eight years ago is when yeah. we launched it and then, um, so now we have uh, seven editors, myself included, and there's seven days of the week. So we used to do this thing like, okay, you're going to do the morning post, you do the afternoon post. And then what I figured out worked better for us was if each editor owned a day. Mm. So I do Wednesdays and Saturdays right now. Yeah. Um, and so what's great about that is I'm on all day. Any work that you see posted on a Wednesday or Saturday, I, I chose it. Interesting. Um, what it does is it allows us to showcase a variety of images. Like I might post a men's look because I like posting men's looks, but Jamie never does. Jamie always posts nails at least one time a week. So we're bringing different like personality to the page. Um, we never say like I or me. It's always we or us, the collective because like who are you you're modern so right um, there's no approval process so when you own the page or you own the the, the the account let's call it on Wednesdays and Saturdays yeah I think you said are you on DM too so I'm on DM always okay Always. I just kind of want, want to be the one to manage it. Okay. It's out of control and the worst I'm, way to reach I'm us. Sure. So I just write back, hi, DM me on at Allison Alhamid because okay. it's the best way to actually have a proper conversation. Otherwise, it gets lost in the million. Right. So 
people get so excited. It literally changes people's lives when they get featured because it's so many eyes on them. It is so amazing and so powerful and so crazy and cool because you think one thing that you didn't spend that much time, you're in your jammies watching TV with your husband and you're like, oh, I got to post something. You screenshot something great, post it, and all of a sudden they double their following. Brands start contacting them. Like Mustafa. Okay, so Mustafa, do you know him? Um, okay, so he left a nice comment on a post that Maggie did. And he wrote, hey, that's my bro. And Maggie was like, your bro is good. And he's like, <laughs> thanks, Modern, love you. And Maggie just clicked on his name. And he had like a couple hundred followers, maybe a couple thousand. And she's like, what is this? Oh my God, amazing. Posted him, developed this cool DM relationship with him. And now he has like this amazing business. We didn't discover him, but like we helped. Yeah, of course get some attention that he deserved on his page and like his entire life has changed. It's amazing. It's okay, amazing. So for everybody listening, there are humans behind mm-hmm. the account, right? Not just yeah. humans, but like you are there. You're yeah. all in on those days. My phone is, has like 24,000 screenshots on it of just like hair, all oh, hair shots. That's amazing. It's so cool. how do, so when it comes your day, do, have you curated all the images by the time that day comes? Or? No. Oh. No. So I've screenshot enough stuff where I go through my own library to like see what I want to post. And then I go back to that original feed. If the caption's really great, I'll open like a repost app to k- get their original caption in addition to my own. The people that do ra- great job storytelling with like a formula or a transformation story, color correction, if they talk about their pricing or their um, processing time. I like to use their words in addition to a caption. Um, Otherwise, I just post a nice image with a creative caption and I'm really great at caption writing and wordplay. Oh my God. I love coming up with names for looks and it's so fun. So Wednesdays and Saturdays, everybody look out for Allison's captions. (laughs) Oh no, now the pressure's on. And comment responses. Everyone's going to expect you to respond to every comment. I like to. So the first hour after posting something, like you get really strong engagement if you reply to everything. So that's kind of why I brought it down from 12 posts a day to six, is I wanted those posts to be like highly engaged and have all editors all in. Um, But as you know, like Instagram doesn't stop. Nights, weekends, 11 o'clock in Chicago is, you know, nine o'clock in California. So a lot of the work that we post is like from international artists too. These Russian, like I said, these Russian Mm -hmm. colors are insane. Brazilian balayage artists, so good. So I try to engage them by using hashtags in their language too, like exploring different ways to engage them. That's my little secret. Um, Secret. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. Um, I, th- I spend a lot of time exploring different verbiage hashtags like platinum card or fo- foliage or mm-hmm. um, processing porn, things like that. Yeah. All right. So have you ever had to have a meeting where you're, where you, you're basically like these certain pictures are not good enough? Yes. Okay. So talk about Quite that. Quite a bit. Because it's, it's really taste, right? It's really taste. Yeah. The, if we're only posting, let's say it's 10 times a day, those had better be the best 10 images of all time. And if everyone brings a different flavor to the table, and that's what's great is that we balance each other out. But like, you need to look at the quality of the image. Like, look at the saturation of it. How many times has this been screenshot? Like, if it's not the best ever, do not post it. People only looking at the explore page and screenshotting that because they're in a jam. And my advice is go to the explore page and if there's a great artist there, click on her name, then go to her page and look at her feed. Don't just post what shows up on the explore page because otherwise that's gonna show up all on all the other feature pages and yeah. all the other media pages. And you that happens sometimes and yeah. that's okay, but we wanna be different. We wanna right. showcase artists and that's why I like featuring artists that don't have a big following. Mm-hmm. That's really where I use my personal Instagram to like direct message with people who sat in a class of mine or something. And then they've really kind of made over their pages. And that brings me so much joy is I'll screenshot their profile prior to posting them Mm -hmm. and then wait like 48 hours after Mm -hmm. posting them and look at the numbers. And when they grew in following, it just like makes it all worth it. That's so amazing. That's cool. So let's talk about that. So um, how does somebody get reposted? You get reposted by obviously creating great work. How do you get an editor's attention is like developing relationships. Yeah. So if you get in my inbox on Instagram at Allison Alhamid, it's really easy. Send me your work and then if it's great, that makes my job a lot easier too. 
Um, so I recommend like building a relationship with um, the people behind the brand. So that's all of our editors. Um, if you if you use hashtag modern salon, that's sort of your stamp of approval that you want to be featured. And if you're repeatedly using it, that's how we always find new work too, as we look up our own hashtag. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I imagine on a daily basis, you're talking about thousands oh, of people so who, who hashtag modern salon. Yeah, thousands. So how could you ever Well, so we do, we do three big contests a year. We're about to launch one now called Making Waves. And it's our summer like balayage festival style contest that's really where you have the opportunity to make relationships with the editors is because we're the ones that are soliciting entries for the contest we're the ones judging it and it's a website based contest in that it's not a hashtag contest you actually have to go to modernsalon.com to enter you have to enter your name so we know who you are right. you enter your handle and all that sure but it's about putting a face uh, to the work okay and then um well, we might have like 10,000 entries and then it's literally us in my office. Yes, yes, yes. No, 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 no. Till we get down to our top 50 and then I narrow it down to the top 10. Okay. And I can see each person's name and then we go to their Instagram profile to see if they really have content potential. And we take it very seriously because like those people in our, in the, that end up in the top 10 of our, these contests above and beyond get opportunity. Yeah. Not just with Modern, but with the brands, too. So, so let's talk about the, the editors. So you, yeah. Maggie Mulhern, you mentioned, Ann Morano's on the West Coast, yes. uh, Jamie Newman, yes. um, and who else? Then there's me, <laughs> and then there's Mary Coletta, okay. um, and then there's our newest editor is Katie Johns. So she's okay. our new assistant editor. All right. So you hear that, everybody? Mm -hmm. Swamp them. We want it. It's like very challenging to keep finding, like we want to keep finding new. Yes. All the time. To give people opportunity like this is very empowering, but you also want to take it very seriously. And that, that can be a scary thing, is that right. like if you're posting work out there by, that's on Modern's page, that's our stamp of approval, that we love this, we think it's great. And um, you want to only post the best of the best. Right, of course, mm -hmm. because that's how you keep the trust of the audience. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you see something that's like not awesome, you can generally tell that it was like a paid piece from a brand. And so a big part of my job is also working closely with the brands to help redirect sometimes and say like, this is really what our audience wants. So it's a big part of my job is talking about our audience okay. and talking about what people respond to. And because of social media insights, I'm able to do that more comfortably right. and with proof and the data to back it up. What about tagging Modern Salon in the caption or tagging Modern Salon in the picture? Do you look through, when it's we your day? We never look at the pictures. I never look at the pictures I'm tagged in. Never look at, so tagging the in picture the is a waste of time. It's not a waste of time because it's like, I, my, what I do to find images is different than what like a Jamie or a Mary might do. Okay. So what I, I never look at the picture tags. Okay. I always look at hashtag modern salon. If you at modern salon and hashtag modern salon in the caption, that's like a guarantee that like you want this featured and it like makes me feel the love more, okay. um, but it's not necessary. If you do at Modern Sun, it's mostly about the hashtag. What if somebody tags the other couple media brands out there? Does that diminish your excitement to repost them? No, it definitely doesn't diminish it, but if you only tag Modern, I would be very excited about that. Yes. <laughs> I would be like, oh, look at that. Because I don't, like I said, we want the work that we feature to be unique to the Modern Salon community, but it's definitely not a requirement in any way, shape, or form. That I think it's sense. important that artists not limit themselves. In the Artist Connective, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, we don't want anyone to limit themselves with opportunity. And the other feature pages and other media, like they have big, huge followings too. So if you're hashtagging them, it's only going to make the performance of your post better. So we're totally cool with it. Okay, so you mentioned the connective. Mm -hmm. There's two other ways that I know of, at least, that a hairdresser can get themselves exposed through Modern. One is the Modern Connective, and the other is the Modern Salon 100. You yes. can pick whichever one to talk to talk about first. Okay. Um, well, I think I'll talk about Modern Salon 100 because we're like deep in the throes of our list right now. So when we, for like, f I think five years ago, we launched our first Game Changers issue. And that was really, like you said, 2014, everything sort of changed on Instagram and people were like all of a sudden making money off of it um, as, and creating careers out of being like Instagrammers. And so we launched this issue because like, 
I was kind of surprised I would be on stage talking about somebody like a Mustafa or a Larissa Love and they were like people wouldn't know who that who they were because they weren't on Instagram and for us we're in our little bubble and we think everybody's on Instagram and they're not and so the Game Changers Modern Slam 100 issue was a way to like put a face to these handles and say like okay you might not know Larissa Love on Instagram but like here's why you need to know who she is Here's how she found her way to success. Here's how social impacted her life. Here's the brand she's working with. These are the apps she loves. This is who she's following. Um, and then um, it got to be our most read issue and I can just because most buzzed about issue. Um, so two years ago, well this will be our third year, so three years ago, I came up with this concept of Modern Salon 100. Like let's come up with a list. So we, um, in the Modern Salon family, we have Salon Today magazine, and that's our uh, magazine and community for owners and managers, salon owners and salon managers. And we have the Salon Today 200, and that is honoring 200 of the country's fastest growing salons in different best practice categories like retail and merchandising, marketing, recruiting, employee benefits, uh, marketing, customer service. Um, anyway, there's 200, and it's our most read, coolest annual like recognition program. So I kind of did a spin on that with humans. Like, okay. let's do that with the 100. Mm -hmm. Let's pick 100 people that we love. We call it like our thumb-stopping artists. And it really did amazing. The first year we did it, uh, we had people with 1,000 followers or 500,000 followers. Like, right. it wasn't about that. It was just people that we thought were really doing an amazing job. Um, so last year was year two. Um, really incredible opportunity. Like, we kept hearing from brands. Who should we be following? Who should we be following? And Instagram was like, it's very fragmented. So it kind of like pulled things together in a way that had staying power with that print, taking the social community. And obviously there's like a huge blitz on our website. Having a print magazine, a lot of these artists have never been published. Right. And like they talk, oh, I'm on Instagram, oh, I'm on Instagram. But then to like have this publication too, it's like validation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I'm, I'm the real deal. We only pick a hundred. Yeah. Um, so now we're going into year three right now. Our surveys just went out. Okay. Um, to all the artists that we're going to be, they don't know what it is, which they probably do know what it's about, but we don't say what it is. Um, and we ask other questions too, like, what is your hidden talent? Like, can you do a full balayage in 30 minutes? Or do you also do makeup? And uh, what is your non-beauty related hidden talent? So we just kind of want to like give the people more personality and like, this is who Eric is. And then this is why you need to know who he is and what he's doing. Um, and then I see it evolving in the future where I would like there to be some kind of nomination process where if you've been a former 100 that you can say who you think should be on our radar. Um, I just feel like that'll help open the door to like give us even more exposure mm -hmm. to artists out there. Right. Wider net. Yeah. Absolutely. More objective maybe. Yeah. All right. What about the connective? So our to go along with this um, story about like how brands were always asking us, like, who's the next guy, Tang? Who's the next Alfredo Lewis? And we were informally playing matchmaker. Last time you and I were together, I introduced you to my friend Alex. So he and I went to beauty school together, and now he's like, he gets his hair done at one of your one yeah, spaces know, with Alex. Ricky. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so Alex and I graduated beauty Alex school Faction together. Alex Faction, for everybody listening. Sorry, at Alex Faction. <laughs> uh, he and I graduated beauty school together, and he like really fell in love with the makeup world, so that's really where he thrives. Um, but I like was matchmaking him with brands all the time. Like He worked with Matrix for a couple of years, and um, we were getting that request a lot. Who should we work with? What should we do? And then separately, artists were like, hi, Allison, I got this contract. Would you look it over? Like, do you think this is fair? Do you think I'm being paid enough? Do you think this is like too, too much? And um, so this sort of like formalized that process of working with artists who, part one, want to work with brands that they love, but we really try to avoid the word influencer. I like hate that word, but I do find myself using it a lot. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to stay away from it. it just unfortunately. like it's just such an industry standard. Yeah. Um, but really is like focusing on brand champions. So like the reason Alex worked for Matrix is because he liked the brand a lot. So that's really like our our sweet spot, creating brand champions. Like so if they haven't tried the brand, like we get the products in their hand, they're trying it and they're loving it, and they say, yeah, I want to work with this brand. And we don't have restrictive contracts. So we're like a, it's called the connect because it's designed to connect people okay. into a long-term relationship. So like a brand will work with us and we're like, if it's, an, if it's a program with four artists, we're sort of the fifth 
influencer because we have a great reach. Yeah. So someone with 1,200 followers might not even be like a micro-influencer, but because we have a big following, it works because we are reposting that work. Right. So that's part of it is this like matchmaking. Part two is also like, we work with artists that have never been on a campaign and that's not what they want. They want to have that direct line of communication with the Modern Salon editorial team. They want to come to our events. We, don't, we like give away free tickets to people on our connective. Um, we do like uh, content, we have a secret Facebook group where connective members are in, mm. interacting with each other. Secret, secret. I like that. Yeah, which means it's not private, like you can't search it. Okay. It's it's secret. It's like totally off the off the grid. Invite only. Invite only. Yes. And that's designed so people can be super honest and not that like open about any kind of like campaigns or any kind of like things that they're encountering. Um, but like Instagram for example just launched a creator tag so you could be like um, a business, a public figure, you could also be a creator. Okay, and so, like, I didn't notice. Yeah, and so we hadn't noticed, someone posted in the group, and then we were able to like use them as sources for editorial. So some people in our connective, like that's a big motivator for them, is they want to be featured editorially. So we got a great opportunity to like use them. At, like, I was doing an article on Crazy Hair Day, you know how kids have Spirit yep. Week, and I was yep. like, hey, can anyone recreate this look? I can only find this mom doing it on her kid. I want a hairdresser to do it. And within literally 20 minutes, I had the, uh, this amazing video really? um, yeah, from the hair witch okay. um, and she like stuck her hair in a soda bottle and made it look like it was pouring out Coca-Cola and it was so cool so it's like for us it's just sort of the evolution of the editorial board so they're like our advisors and we're advising them in different areas of the business too Very yeah so I, th I see a lot of future there but um, like Johnny just walked in here, Jay Cash, the hair tech. Uh -huh. He has 2,000 followers. It's not that he has a huge following, but he's like such a dynamo in the barbering world, and he's so good and so cool. And so for us, like, to have that, like, oh, he's right there in the yellow shirt. Like, he's just awesome. And, like, he's on the connective. So yeah. if somebody were to message us and say, I really want to be on the connective, it's usually, like, let me go look at their page. Yeah. And if their page is just, like, Amazing yeah. and amazing content, not about following and all that. Right. It's generally a yes. And when you say message, what's the best way to message? DM? My my DM. Yes. Yeah, not Moderns. Moderns just gets too crazy. Alison Alhamid, mm -hmm. just as it sounds, right? Yes. I wish we could come up with like a different Instagram handle for me because like my last name is challenging. And so like I'd love like a creative name. Like love Eric Taylor is like so cute. <laughs> Only because the real Eric Taylor has been squatting on that handle for like eight years. Wow. Yes. Otherwise, I would have... Yeah, like Larissa Love is like Larissa yeah. Doll. She can't get the other one. Right, right. Is there anything that you would love to be doing at Modern that you haven't been doing or yes. can't do for some reason? I want to I improve our YouTube so badly. Improve? Improve it. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's really going to be the next big platform for our industry is YouTube. Um, I mean, isn't it huge now? It's huge, but Instagram's still number one. I feel like YouTube, YouTube is really high up, but like we have so much opportunity for Modern, the brand. We use it to embed content within our website. So like we can go to an embed code within YouTube and put it into an article, but there's not like a strategy there. And like we really need to fix that because tutorials are so critical and like we just really have to do, we, we have to be better on YouTube. It's a lot of work. It's so much work. YouTube is a lot of work. We don't have a studio at our offices. We don't have, um, we used to, I told you five years ago, we had Modern Salon TV. We had like yeah. a camera crew. Like it was so cool and so great, but it was like kind of ahead of its time. Yeah. So we have to find a way to make it work. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? You must have some kind of ideas of pet projects. Yeah, that, I have a lot of ideas. Yeah. Artist Connective was my biggest one. Okay. And to like see that like happening now is really cool and exciting. Um, I have like these ideas of an event I really want to have, like a full retreat focused on like the health of the hairdresser. And like, um, you know what Elizabeth Faye did with Hair mm -hmm. Love Retreat was mm -hmm. really inspiring and cool. Mm -hmm. And like, I kind of want to do something like that, but also focus more on like physical health, like mental health. And mm -hmm. um, there's definitely something there. Okay. Well, we're crossing our fingers and hoping yeah, to see that one so. day soon. <laughs> Has anyone ever tried to hire you away? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I guess we'll leave it at that. A couple times. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's happened with our competitors quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine. And it's, that's okay. I mean, that's like it's fine with world. me. Yeah. And like in this world, like if we go to, there's so many different brand events and the press is always like herded together. So we're all together. We right. go to these dinners. I have great relations. I've always had really great relationships with most media because like you never know who's going to work for you, with you, against you. Like you just kind of have to, there's no sense in like, I much prefer community over competition. Right. Like I just, um, we don't ever, I don't badmouth people unless they deserve it. <laughs> and um, they usually deserve it. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's definitely happened a couple times. Yeah. yeah but the, everyone thinks the grass is greener. It's not, like, I mean, it's not always greener. Like uh, I've seen some quotes, like the grass is, isn't always greener. The grass is green where you water it. And so at Modern, like I've been I've been allowed to like water the grass yeah. quite a bit, and some of our most exciting things that are happening is because I've been empowered to just kind of do it. Right. And I have the best team of coworkers of all time, and they really are such strong contributors. And like nobody is shy to speak up and say that idea sucks, or this idea is awesome, or I think we're spending too much time talking about this, and it's just like let's have the funeral. This thing right. is dead. We need a funeral. And so it's very collaborative, very open door. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think love that, my job. Yeah. That, that's the best way to do it for sure. Back to the kids, back to the kids and the family. Yeah. Do you have any hacks for those moms out there to Tell balance work and life? Um, hair talk, hair band extensions are amazing. I wear them all the time unless it's 95 degrees in Orlando. So like, it's the kind of thing where you section off like the top section of your head yep. and then drop in like this hair band and it flows down. Yep. It's I've a game changer. I get tape-ins quite often when I'm like having major like hair problems and I just hate the way I look and I like maybe it's, it's usually because I've gained some weight and I'm like I want to have long hair to like elongate my face <laughs> but when you have kids you can't like blow dry that that's right. crazy it takes right. so long to blow dry tapins so the hair talk hair band is like a major hack for me okay um I love putting my kids in the bathtub and getting ready for the day because they love the bathtub yes. I hate doing bath time at night so it's <laughs> awesome to like put them in the bath and then you can like get ready for the day yeah um, and they like want to be in the bathroom with you and play all the time. Yeah. Um, what other hacks? I only wear black, which makes it very easy to get dressed. Very easy. Yep. Um, yeah. You don't have to deal with the matching and all that. Right. And the kids, of course, destroy every outfit. When yeah. You go right? Out, right. Yeah. Just That's like one thing formula here. Yeah. Like some nasty Cheeto hands here. Always. Always. <laughs> and my wife wears light colored clothes out and then she gets right. them messed up. And I'm like, this has happened like 1400 times yeah. I don't understand no no not gonna happen and I just feel so much better wearing black it's just such a good color all right so um, tell me about a time in your life that you've had to adapt I do not like public speaking at all but I feel like I do have a lot of information to share just because mm -hmm. of my access to people and like they share their information with me um, I was speaking on stages about social media pretty early on and like how to connect with people and like gain clientele that it's not just about like influencers it's about like how do you get clients in the door using social media what are successful salon owners doing what kind of mm -hmm. promotions have they done marketing campaigns um, I did not like public speaking at all mm -hmm. still don't <laughs> um, the adapting I really got comfortable with it because uh, Facebook Lives launched and Periscope launched. Rest in peace, Periscope. Yes. But that was really where I feel like I had to stretch a little bit, stretch yeah. that like brave muscle. Yeah. Um, was Periscope and like going live because yeah. like those butterflies in your stomach right before it happens yep. is so scary. But then I found like I was way more comfortable on camera than I was on a stage. I don't know why, but I still am. So that's a big time evolve moment is like really feeling comfortable on camera and like being cool with that. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. It's a scary thing. And everybody who wants to get serious on digital kind of has to do that, right? Yeah, definitely. So maybe that's an, especially for those aspiring educators, that's a good intermediate step. Yeah, it's like you're basically facilitating an online classroom. Yeah. And like the better you get it, except the difference is you can tell me I suck. 
unalive. You're not going to raise your hand in the classroom and be like, you suck. That's so true. So that's a scary thing is that like you have that direct line of communication and they can be like telling you feedback. Like I yeah. can't see or can you do this? Can you do that? And yeah. um, so it's cool because it makes you better because you're getting that feedback in the, you know. Can you right. imagine being on a stage like already nervous and someone's like, your outfit is wrinkly. <laughs> I think your kid puked on your shirt. I so, can't hear you talking. I can't hear you. Your connection is blurry. So yeah, they like. Can to tell anyone you that. else see her? <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm really into live streaming. Like yeah. love it. I don't like doing it by myself. Like I love being the content facilitator. Like okay. I like making you the superstar. And how do I make you look yeah. good and pull out that story? Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're good at it. <laughs> Now, um, oh, I know what I thought of one other thing I wish modern did. Okay. A modcast. A modcast. Instead of a podcast. Ooh. So well, Maggie came up with that name, but we okay. have to do it. Okay. We like, have to. Or at least have like some kind of way to pull together all the podcasts that are out there and get everybody. I love it. Yeah. Modcast. Mm-hmm. It has to be done. I mean, just to satisfy just the, the name. name. I told you I love wordplay, and yeah. like I would listen to that just because it's a good name. Mod squad. Mod squad has to be a thing. You know I'm down. Mm-hmm. Quick question about live. <laughs> I'm scared. When I'm on live, I always tend to get drawn into the comments, and I end up not doing what I meant to do, and I just, <laughs> I just sit and there and people staring at your nose hairs. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, how do you balance the you're actually doing something of value for them to watch versus uh, reading the comments? So I'm a facilitator of these usually. So okay. I do okay. an intro, and then I'm making the other person a superstar, and I make the comments a part of it. So I ensure to like that I'm asking what's like, you know, so I'm like, hey, Elizabeth, yeah, your question was great. Please stop looking up my nose. (laughs) (laughs) What's media in the industry going to look like in three years? I think the content that you see in our magazine will take on new life, be more focused on storytelling. The images that you see in the magazine will be the best images that are possible because there are so few magazines left. Mm-hmm. And that's sad, really sad to me when I hear about other magazines closing their doors, like it breaks my heart. I'm not like dancing on their grave. I'm like, that's so sad. Um, beauty and print, it's much healthier than in other industries. And if you look at Vogue September issue, that thing is like, we call it plot factor. Like yeah, you the, put that on book. a desk and it's like poof. Yeah. And so we love that plot factor. Print is no longer the most important form of media, but it's the longest lasting and it has that emotional staying power. Longest lasting on the coffee table. Permanence, yeah. Validating, it went through several layers before it ever went. And real money went into actually producing it. Yeah. When a brand does, a human does an amazing photo shoot and it shows up on our Instagram page and they spent like 30 grand on it, it's not as exciting as when it's in like a magazine. Very true. Always gets lower engagement, doesn't it? So we, it just doesn't perform online, but it also doesn't have that staying power that if it goes to press. So it's not the most important thing that we do anymore, but it's so, it has that lasting power. Media in three years, God, I hope that, I think it's really important that there continues to be that storytelling is front and center, that it can't just be about influencers and agency and brand campaigns. Like there has to be somebody out there giving a voice to the otherwise voiceless and going to the brand's booths and seeing what they're launching, even if they're not advertising. So I hope media continues to be like the Switzerland, like we can work with everybody. I love my job. I love that I can like be totally neutral and like I know the CEOs of every major company and like I get to interface with like the movers and shakers. And so influencers are amazing and they bring so much value to the conversation, but like that cannot be the the one and done. Like you have to still have like important platform artists who have years of experience educating and know how to pace a class and know how to uh, respond to real world hairdressing challenges. Media is such an important part of keeping that relevant and like without media nobody's talking about like the Nicholas French's of the world or Vivian McKinder. Like these people are amazing artists and they deserve that that longevity in the industry and media is a huge part of that. So I want media to be involved in Okay, influencers are like every on everybody's lips. Everybody's talking about Instagram and influencers, but like 
Americans love celebrity. Like we just love it. Yeah. We love influence. We love following. We love, we eat it up. But like we need to preserve what is going to ultimately like make us better. And that's like experience is so important to like mm -hmm. balance it out with people that have been around forever. And media hopefully will be that bridge. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. If you could wave a wand and change anything about the industry right now, what would it be? Can you give me an idea of how you would answer that question? <laughs> That's a tough one. There's oh, a lot of things that would change. Is I'm sorry. It, turning it on me. Nobody's ever done that. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'll try to do a good job of answering it. It's a good question. There's a lot of things I would change. Like, okay, I'll give you an example. My little sister is a teacher, and she asked me to speak at her career fair for seventh and eighth graders. And um, they didn't really give a shit what I had to say. Um, even though some of them would make amazing hairdressers because they like can't sit still, they love talking over you when you're talking. Um, like I would be making dead eye contact with somebody and they're just like, <laughs> put their head down. I'm like, <laughs> and the teacher was like, listen, it's a Friday in May. They're about to graduate. I'm like, fine. Okay. So anyway, they didn't really care what I had to say until I, uh, some did. I mean, some are amazing. Sure. But like one of my screens was like, stay in touch with my email and my DM. And I'm like, follow me, stay in touch. And they're like, if I follow you, will you follow me back? I'm like, sure, I'll follow you back. I'm like, really? Well, you'll follow us back? <laughs> and to them, that meant everything. They're like, I said, can I just ask you something? Why do you want me to follow you? Like, why do you care? Because then we get more likes. Well, why do you want more likes? Why do you, why do you, because then we look more important. And I wish that that, that went away. Because there's a lot of stuff I would love to post on my Instagram, but I don't because like out of fear of low engagement, out of fear, like that rejection feeling yeah. sucks. Right. So like I know, I was just talking about this with Elizabeth Faye, like I know Canada is piloting like a no visible likes thing on Instagram right now and that's interesting to me. Yeah. I don't like this whole validate, like saying someone's not good enough because they don't have a big following. Right. Like I work with brands a lot and like matchmaking with Artist Connective and like they'll reject somebody because they don't have a lot of following but their engagement is out of this world and that's like I hope that there's more emphasis on the content and less on the following moving forward because that's very disheartening to hear. Right. But everybody loves the scoreboard, don't they? I mean, even if the score is- Myself included. I mean, I wanna even, win. Yeah. Even if it's calculated in a maybe unfair way, uh, people still like to look at a scoreboard. I think I would answer that question by saying something related to how, uh, how there are so many hairdressers who connect to so many other people and there's so much power in that, just fundamentally, right? And if, if everybody could, and of course some hairdressers do understand this and they do take it very seriously, but I, I know that many don't. If, if they felt a duty to humankind more broadly that they could have a ripple, a positive ripple effect throughout you know, there are little micro communities. Um, if they recognize that and they put a little bit more effort into being that positive sort of ripple effect, oh, I, love I that. think, wouldn't that be amazing? That would be amazing. Yeah. I did a podcast episode on the, the value of a smile. I, I it was probably oh, yeah. called something else, but, um, but it, it, I talked about that because there was a study that came out that biologically humans relate to each other differently when they're looking at somebody who's smiling at them. And it's such an easy thing for somebody to do, even if they're not feeling good, you know, put that emotional labor into putting a smile on and, you know, just doing the very simple math that you see a certain number of people every day. And if you put a smile on versus not because you're in a bad mood, that has a tremendous effect. I have to give you this book. It's called The Smile That Went Around the World. Oh, there you it's go. It's my son's book. And it talks all about that. Like uh, how one smile and all where it traveled and how it changed people's lives and like like totally transformed mood. Mood, oh my God. Yeah. How great would it be if people were a little bit more like... I love that. Yeah. Okay, so at the end of every episode, we do a hair horror story. Okay. But in your case, we do a hair publishing horror story or a show horror story or any sort of horror story? I really want to think of a good one. 
I've done some bad shit. Like I've, I published. <laughs> That's a great start. Okay. I published a full collection that was unretouched images, Ooh. which for me it was kind of like they look amazing, and I love that. That like, but I didn't know that they were like the raw images, <laughs> and so when they went to press and like went to the magazine, like this, this the artist, the photographer, like freaked out. They spent so much money on this shoot and there's like wrinkles in the clothes and Oh my gosh. But I didn't see that. I saw the hair and I saw these beautiful women. Like they looked amazing. And so that was really bad. And like the woman like I was crying bad. It was a garage I was at a garage sale. How I was long like, ago was this? I was pregnant with my first kid, so like five years ago. And I was hosting a garage sale and um I started getting these emails and just panicking. And this, the brand manager for the brand, I talked to her. Her name was Pamela. And I won't tell you the brand, but she's like, listen, I've been through a crisis and this is not one of them. Like, life will go on. It's all good. Yeah. And it just made me feel so much better. I'm like, you're right. This is not a crisis. Like, this is okay. Yeah. Um, and I don't even think, like, it sounds so d ridiculous to me now to think about, like, how much that destroyed me. Yeah. Because the photographer then contacted the artist and was like, I can't believe Modern Salon published these images. When the artist didn't even notice, they were so excited, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. That's one. We've had some, like, Instagram blunders. Um, you know, it's interesting. There was, like, this, some, one of our colleagues was at, like, a festival and there was this man who had like zero hair on his head, but like a lot of hair on his back. And like she'd posted a picture of him and so like did some kind of cute caption. And like the community was like, this is not cool and not nice. Like that is a real person. Yeah, and yeah, we can't. Yeah. And like you just don't know yeah. what's going to resonate and what's not. And um, we've posted things that are like like dreadlocks are kind of like um, very hit or miss yeah. with like appropriation and like. Yeah being really careful with like headdress, like inspired things. Yeah. And um, I take those comments very seriously. And if I post something that's ever offensive or if I'm seeing something, we, I screenshot all of the comments that where people are expressing that they're like upset. And then I archive the post and then I will personally DM each one of them to apologize yeah. and just say like, listen, you're right. You're right, we're wrong, we made a mistake. Thank you so much for letting us know about that because this will spur interesting conversation in the office. Thank you. We're going to work on being better. Yeah. And then we'll have a meeting about it. And um, I think when you acknowledge that you're wrong, it just like takes the heat out of it and people right. like relax. Sure. And they'll like sometimes just say like, thank you so much. It means a lot that you went out of your way for like little old me or something. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Any last words for the community? What would your last words for the community oh. be? <laughs> Again. <laughs> I have words with the community every week. Uh -huh. So I don't have last words ever. Okay. My words keep going. Take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way. The industry feels big, but it's really not. If there's a competition out there, like I said, it's the best way to catch our attention is to put yourself out there. Enter it. Enter five different pieces, six different pieces of work, seven. It, it is a very small industry and your opportunities are endless if you just go for it. Like Alex, my friend Alex, Rusk was having a competition using their new product line. Demo it, take a picture and upload it. And I was a judge for the contest and I knew that there were so few entries and I was like, guys, I went to my beauty school. You guys need to enter this contest. There's like four or five entries. You have to enter. The prize is $5,000 plus a trip to Premier Orlando. You have to go, you have to do this. And um, like four different people entered in my class and Alex on blind judging won. Wow. Five grand. That's just amazing. Just because he tried. Yeah. And then he worked with Ross. He got to go to Premier Orlando. So much is about trying, isn't just it? Trying. Just trying. I enter every contest that I'm like, like even remotely interested in. Yeah. Like if I want to go to Iceland for a week, like I'm going to sign up because everyone <laughs> thinks like the world's too big. You'll never win. It's so true. You totally have an opportunity. It's so true. It's so true. You know, we give away something every week on the Hair Game Podcast, and every single person who wins says the exact same thing. I can't believe I won. I never I didn't won think anything. I never won anything, and, and I never thought I would have any chance to win. Yeah. And here they are winning. So cool. Thank you so much for Thank this conversation. Thank you so much. This, this was is fun. awesome. And it's Allison with one L, mm -hmm. Alhamed, A-L-H-A-M-E-D, on Instagram, 
and I hope everyone listening reaches out to um, to her or any anyone on the Modern Salon staff. Thank you. Thanks yeah, so I would much. love that. Like, it's just we wanted we want to be in touch. We want to be accessible. We want to help be a part of your success story. Thank you. All right, guys, I'm back. Next week's Potaloot will be a large Amica tote bag. This is a bag, you've seen it in my office from time to time. We get them from time to time. It's super large, canvas, high quality, super colorful like Amica is. And you guys will be like, oh my God, where's that bag? How do I get that bag? So I'm gonna give one of them away on the podcast next week. For a chance to win, write a review on the Apple Podcast app or stitcher.com for those of you who have Android phones. On the Apple Podcast app, you just go to the podcast page and you scroll to the bottom, okay? Then it says right there, leave a review. The review has to include your exact Instagram handle so I know who you are. Make sure that you're following the Hair Game Podcast, Love Eric Taylor, and Salon Republic on Instagram. And then I put your name in my bag. Each week I pull a name and announce the winner at the beginning of every episode. You have to be listening to win so you can DM me with your mailing address. If you don't win, keep listening because your name stays in my bag in my office. You could win any week on any episode. For complete details, go to salonrepublic.com. Next week's episode will be with Andrew Carruthers, Education Director for Sam Villa. Until then, have a great week.